0: Welcome to the podcast today. Glenn is in Utah. He's got some great historical stuff. He's going to go over some of it a little scary, uh, but really, really interesting stuff. And and I will say news wise during the show, as is always the case, uh, the big Supreme Court cases come out. During uh, our broadcast Every single time And today was no exception Uh, We got the big ruling on affirmative action Uh, We'll get into some of it uh, Here in the show But the takeaway is a 6-3 decision Saying that colleges cannot Uh, make these decisions based on race anymore which i don't know seems to be a very safe easy rule don't make decisions based on skin color i thought we all agreed on that but apparently not the three justices in the minority uh, had a differing view if you have any time take the time to read justice thomas's concurrence where he's blasting katanji brown jackson's race-fueled view of the world uh, it is an impressive reading and a good good ruling here from the Supreme Court today. We get into that and so much more on the podcast. Brought to you by Relief Factor. If
1: you are feeling, uh, in, if you're in pain, please give Relief Factor a try. Try it for three weeks. This is what I did. My wife was like, I'm not going to listen to you whine anymore. And I'm like, me? wine? What? <laughs> I never wine." And she said, I'm not listening to it anymore unless you try absolutely everything. And I thought for sure, because this reduces inflammation and ibuprofen does that. And ibuprofen does jack for me. I thought for sure it wouldn't work. I took it for three weeks. Mm, My wife was right. And, uh, hmm? yeah, I said it. My wife was right. So anyway, uh, Relief Factor. Try it now for three weeks. ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. the number ReliefFactor.com. You're
0: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
1: Professor Dershowitz, how are you, sir? I'm doing great new. you. Uh, Very good. Alan, I've got one question for you at the end that I I have to ask you before you go away, because uh, Stu and I were were asking when we we hung up, and I I really want some advice from you on something. Uh, But let's start with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is testifying on what today?
2: Well, it depends on what they want to ask him. The first question I would ask him is, was President uh, Biden sitting next to you? He wasn't president at the time, but former Vice President Biden sitting next to you when you tweeted to the Chinese businessman saying, my father is sitting next to me. And if you don't pay the money, uh, my father will go after you. Did your father know about that WhatsApp? Was he sitting next to you? Were you lying? That's the first question I would ask him.
1: And if you were his attorney, how would you advise him to answer?
2: (laughs) Well, I think I would try to take the Fifth Amendment, but he's not going to be able to because his lawyers have said that the plea bargain ends the investigation against him. I'm not sure that's true, though, because the judge has to accept the plea bargain. And if this judge does his or her duty, um, they won't accept the plea bargain. Uh, The judge should say, look, Merrick Garland says he gave Weiss, the U.S. Attorney, all the authority to investigate the cases against him in the District of Columbia, in um, in Los Angeles, etc. Uh, that's what Garland says. Says it under oath and says it on television. Now Weiss has said, apparently, to six people, "No, I didn't have that authority. When I tried to investigate him, the U.S. Attorney shut me down." Now, was that just a misunderstanding, or did somebody not tell the the truth uh those are the kinds of questions that that have to be asked um is biden going to now is weiss going is weiss
1: going under oath too
2: i would hope so i would hope that the judge would put the two of them under oath
1: this could be a massive turning point today if If all of these people are put under oath and they say under oath what they've already said, at least the whistleblowers, this cracks this case wide open.
2: Well, I wouldn't go that far. They have to prove that what the whistleblowers are saying is true. People lie under oath on both sides, on all sides. So what we have right now is probable cause. Uh, We have enough to go forward, enough to investigate, enough to subpoena, enough to If you need a search warrant, get a search warrant. There's enough for all of that. There's not enough to prosecute, to impeach. That needs to turn what is hearsay testimony into actual testimony. In some cases, there may be documentary proof. In other cases, there may be uh, other kinds of unassailable truths or corroboration. The quality of the evidence matters a great deal. The problem that, um, you know, the Trump team has is that it has provided the evidence that the, the other side needs because Trump talks too much. Um, you know, he made that mm-hmm. statement to the, to the writer and to the publisher, and, and that's on tape, etc. The Bidens have been much more careful. Not enough, uh, certainly not Hunter Biden, but uh, President Biden has been fairly careful he hasn't made any of the kinds of statements that uh, Trump has made that have gotten Trump in trouble. You know, the, the famous plaque that some fishermen have in their houses with the stuffed fish that says, I'd still be swimming if I had kept my mouth shut. And uh, Trump should have put that in his house because I think he has created most of his own problems.
1: Uh, so, but you have Hunter Biden uh, now coming and does the does the judge have to go into all of the new evidence or he, he or is it just he should he should, he should. Pardon me? and here's the problem here's
2: the problem uh, neither side uh wants him to do that hunter biden's thrilled with the plea bargain no jail time his lawyers did a phenomenal phenomenal job uh no jail time um not even a a, a conviction on the issue of the uh, gun license, uh, gun application, just uh, a diversion program. Fantastic deal from their point of view. So they're not going to want to challenge it, and the government agreed, and they're probably not going to challenge it. So what we need is a neutral organization like Judicial Watch going into court and seeking to file an amicus application, amicus friend of the court brief, saying, "Look, we represent the people of the United States. We want to know the truth. Neither party here wants the truth to come out." But we do, judge, and we want you to hold this hearing. That's what I would do if I were judicial watch.
1: And why haven't they done it yet, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
2: they should. Maybe they have. Maybe they're thinking about it. But somebody should be intervening in that case and not just to let the plea bargain go by as if there's no public interest here. Judges have the right to deny a plea bargain if the plea bargain is not in the public interest or not in the interest of justice. They rarely do it, but they have the power to do it.
1: Wouldn't this be a case where if unless you were a partisan hack, you would be very tempted to do it because you would see this will just sweep everything under the rug?
2: I agree, but this is a Delaware judge and Delaware is a small town Mm -hmm. community with a lot of home cooking. Uh, and uh, it's not the legal system that I put the most faith in among all the legal systems I've been in. I've been in, in Delaware in the legal system and it's uh, it's, it's not it doesn't have a high standard of justice. So I don't have any complete faith or certainty that this judge will do the right thing. I hope I hope the judge does.
1: Is this going to be televised? No uh generally shouldn't generally it be
2: not. I, of course everything should be televised the trial of donald trump in new york should be televised the trial of donald trump in florida should be televised the hearing that they had just when he pleaded not guilty should have been televised you know when you watched the the left wing media they described donald trump as sitting slouching looking defeated and, and the conservative media described the same scene saying he was bold, his chest was out, he looked defiant. Uh, We can't even, and and the courtroom artist who who drew him got criticized for making him look too young and too thin and too handsome. And so if you can't even believe the courtroom (laughs) artist, everything is so biased and divided in the United States, there's no such thing as truth anymore. There's one
1: side's version and the other
2: side's version, both of which claim to be truth, And often neither of them are.
1: So tell me what happens if this judge just decides to take the plea bargain. Is it all over? That's really
2: the end of the case. Yeah. I don't think anybody has a standing to appeal it. So that would be the end of the matter. And then the question comes up. What if they come up with new material outside of Delaware? Uh, Does the plea bargain cover any alleged crimes that took place outside of Delaware? His lawyers have said no. But the law generally says, yes, you can investigate Jeffrey Epstein had that. Remember, he made a plea bargain. I was part of it in Florida. And we thought the plea bargain ended the whole case. And then, of course, they arrested him in Tita Airport and the rest we know. So uh, the law is very uncertain. And it sometimes depends on the exact words of the plea bargain.
1: So if you're making a plea, if I'm, you know, the president's um, people yeah. and and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Hunter's people, I'm pushing this plea bargain and I'm trying to find sure. a, a judge that will hear it, that is most likely just to close it. So what are you expecting well, today?
2: The the ju- Well, I don't think we get that today. I think we get that in a few weeks today. I think we hear questions and um, I don't know the exact scope of what the questions can be. But, you know, Congress has plenary authority, just unlimited authority, as part of our system of checks and balances to question anybody about anything involving the judiciary or the executive branch. And so if you have congressional hearings in front of the judiciary committee, controlled by the Republicans today, they can ask him all these questions and he can't refuse to submit to a subpoena. He can try to plead the fifth, but then they can give him immunity. Even if he pleads the fifth, they can give him what's called use immunity. you got to testify, and what you tell us can't be used against you, but it can be used against other people. And then ask him questions about his father, about family members, and try to see whether there's any truth to these very, very serious claims of enrichment. But we have to find out whether it's true.
1: So, But that's not double jeopardy? No, it's not
2: double jeopardy. And... Uh, uh It depends on the nature of the of the plea bargain. Look, in in my book, which you talked about before, Get Trump, I go through how extensive this basic conspiracy has been to try to do everything possible to determine the outcome of the next election by preventing Donald Trump from running for re-election. And in my book, Get Trump, I go through every one of the charges against him. You now, in New York and Florida and Georgia and in Washington, D.C. And I also uh, talk about the cases against the Bidens. And the question that's raised in my book, Get Trump, is there a single standard of justice or is there a special standard that seems to operate against Donald Trump and perhaps in favor of the Biden family? That's the hard question that every American should be asking.
1: We should know the questions uh, today. Anything in particular we should look for to be able to see which way the judge might be leaning?
2: I don't like to ever read tea
1: leaves. Let's find out. Let's okay, see.
2: Okay. And we'll we'll know the answer. Okay. But I've been doing this too long to try to predict what judges will
1: do. Okay. So, um, Alan, the one thing that I, <laughs> I was talking to my producer when you were on last, I said... Yeah. If I were ever in trouble, um, the first guy I would call is Alan Dershowitz um god because okay.
2: don't get in trouble I don't like to get I know god calls. forbid from friends
1: yeah I know god forbid but we're entering a time where people like me could be charged with anything um, oh, yeah. because we're you know Look, <laughs> we're I've just been, entering I've those been. times
2: I've already been charged. Uh, uh, there's an organization called the 65 Project, which announced that it was going to seek bar discipline against any lawyer who had anything to do with Donald Trump. And so I announced in an op-ed, if they do that, I will defend free any lawyer who is attacked by Project 65 simply for defending Trump. So what do you think they did? They filed the bar charge against me. Because I defended Donald Trump. As well, And so now I have to spend money and time uh, trying to uh, respond to an absurd uh, bar charge, but I have to spend the time and energy. And that's their goal. Their goal is to deter people from um, uh, defending defending people, people who they don't like.
1: So what I wanted to know, Alan, is, you know, hopefully this is a long, 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 long time uh, from now that if I ran into trouble, who is yeah. it that you trust? Who is it that you say this person is actually honorable and will be John Adams?
2: Well, that's the hard question today. There are fewer and fewer people sad. who are John Adams, who are willing to incur the wrath of the community around them the way I've incurred the wrath of Martha's Vineyard community and other communities that I was part of the liberal Democrat community. who won't talk to me anymore. It won't allow me to speak that's hard there are still a few a few left and uh um you know i could give you a list of names but i don't want to leave people off the off the list but i would say there are a, a handful of lawyers today that you can really trust to do justice without regard to partisan wow. considerations, and
1: that's too few that is that is terrifying uh, yeah. alan i would like to get that list from you off air but <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> Professor Alan Dershowitz, back in just a minute. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. John Solomon, welcome to the program, sir. Great to be with you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. So you, you announced yesterday that you had found an email and it had Joe Biden's phone number on it. Tell me, yeah. in what context was this
3: email? Yeah, so it, it, it was something that before the laptop became public, uh, even before the FBI had the laptop, there had been some earlier records seized during the investigation of Devin Archer. These are Devin Archer was Hunter Biden's business partner, and he was convicted of fleecing a, a tribe. He may become a very important witness soon to Congressman James Comer's investigation, the House Oversight Committee uh, investigation of the Bidens. And so there are these records that show uh, phone numbers that were associated with Hunter Biden that were gathered during the search warrants and subpoenas and things, and they end up in the court records. And so as I was starting my reporting right after I wrote the famous story about Joe Biden uh, uh, threatening the Ukraine president, saying, if you don't fire uh, the prosecutor, who, by the way, was investigating his son, I'm going to take your billion dollars and aid away. Uh, about a month into that and I'm trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. I really care about his side of the story too, right? I don't want a one-sided story. And so, he hasn't, through his lawyers, engaged me in any constructive way. And so I'm going through these records and I see this phone number that's associated with Hunter Biden that's a different number than the one I have. It appeared to be a bill, a credit card that he was paying uh, through his, you know, his, his uh, uh, businesses. And so I called the phone number. This is probably in this. I can't remember. It's May, June, sometime in the spring of 2019 when I was at the Hill. And I, I was hoping Hunter Biden would pick up. They got answered. I got excited. Then I heard the voice I'm like, wait a second, that's not Hunter Biden's voice. That's Joe Biden. And then I said, Mr. Mr. Vice President. And he said, I can't talk right now. And he hung up the phone on me. And that's really all it was. Uh, is it a gigantic moment? No. Later, we found out uh, through the laptop when we did get it. We authenticated the laptop that there was a cell phone that Hunter Biden paid for that, you know, is described as a Joe Biden cell phone. I think that's the one that probably Peter Schweitzer and others talk about. Is it a major scandal? No. Does it show that the finances and uh, the lifestyles of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are intertwined? Absolutely. And it's something that the president keeps trying to deny uh, that is, you know, obviously true. Joe Biden owed his son money. How do we know that? There's an email from Eric Schwerin that says, your dad owes you so much money he wants to, sign over his Delaware tax refund to you that occurred in 2010 when Joe Biden was the vice president. He owed his son money. That means his son and his businesses were underwriting the vice president. We know of bills that were identified in emails. So the phone call and him picking up just accentuates the story that we now have been able to corroborate that the finances, the business interests of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden did intersect. They are sometimes commingled. And no matter how many times Joe Biden denies it, it isn't true.
1: So um, what does that mean? Is, is it illegal for a, a son of the president to uh, pay for the phone and the housing and some of the House bills if you're president of the United States?
3: It's a great question. Right. Obviously, uh, I'm sure every family has uh, people who help other family members from time to time. It isn't always considered income. At the time I called Joe Biden, he wasn't vice president or president. He was in his diaspora period the first time he'd been out of political office. So even if given that he was in office, it wouldn't really matter that much that he had a phone that his son paid for where it becomes. So concerning and where James Comer and where the bank records are all leading is there is a question of whether Joe Biden was doing favorable things as vice president, because he had so much sway over the Obama foreign policy that it was helping his son's clients. And therefore if he was helping his son's clients and then his son took some of that revenue to under, you know, to pay the bills of Joe Biden, the idea Mm -hmm. that, you know, a Russia or Ukraine or a China was underwriting Joe Biden's lifestyle becomes real, becomes compromising. Uh, And I think that that's the question that, uh, among many, that James Comer has to answer for the American people. Joe Biden has not given us many honest answers about his relationship with uh, uh, Hunter Biden and his business associates. Nearly every statement he's made to us has been debunked over the years, including the famous laptop and so many others. So. I hope that we can get these answers for the American people before the next election. Uh, and I think James Comer is determined, based on what I've seen from his work, to do that. And I think one of the big people that we were going to, if we hear from Devin Archer, the longtime business partner of Hunter Biden, there uh, are negotiations. When the to subpoena. jail. Yeah, he, he's about to go to jail. He hasn't gone yet. He's been sentenced to jail. He hasn't gone yet. Uh, But if, if he can cooperate along with the FBI informant and all the other things that we're getting, we're going to get answers. We're going to get the truth and get to the bottom of this. And I think we're at that moment. My understanding is that Devin Archer could testify or be interviewed as early as next month.
1: Wow. Um, So the information that you had, did the, did the Hill kill the story? Did you not try to write the story? What happened?
3: Yeah. Listen, for my, at the time. At the time, it was just an effort by me to be a good journalist and try to get fair comment from the Bidens. I cared about their side of the story, just like I care about everyone's. It, mm-hmm. it, never, it, it didn't become more important until later when we realized that there are these um, cell phone bills in the laptop where they're being identified as Hunter Biden's paying a cell phone bill for his dad. And therefore, you start this question of, well, we're foreigners through Hunter Biden subsidizing Joe Biden's lifestyle. We don't have a complete answer. We certainly have some good indications of that that may have been going on so it's more relevant now at the time it was just an effort to get fair comment and joe biden picked up the phone and at that time hunter biden was living with his father we knew that because i had staked out the home so i knew hunter biden was living in the, the cottage that's the very cottage that the irs wanted to raid they met probable cause for a search warrant and the u.s justice department under joe biden turned them i'm sorry under donald trump turned them down in 2020 but the um uh, at the time, it, it just was an effort at fair comment. It, me- it has a little more meaning today, but there are far more serious things that we should be worried about in the public domain right now about Joe Biden, starting with you know, Joe Biden still says, I didn't meet with any of Hunter Biden's business partners, despite all we know. But one of Joe Biden's best friends, one of the family's closest associates, a guy named Rob Walker, he told the FBI, and in FBI 302, this is a story I just wrote a few days ago, yes, Joe Biden did meet with the Chinese. No matter what he says, he met with him. I attended the meeting. He was there. He sat with Hunter Biden and uh, and these Chinese business people in 2017 at a time when the Biden family was squeezing these Chinese businessmen to pay them money. So uh, at some point, Joe Biden is going to run out of people accusing of lying. And the people that are now affirming this are business associates and family friends. Joe Biden just hasn't been able to give us the truth. He had problems back when he ran for president decades ago, plagiarizing and doing things. And today... He isn't telling us the truth about what the evidence shows about his relationship with his son's business partners.
1: So John, most people, they'll say they don't care. And I think by what they mean when they say that is I'm not listening to it. I'm not paying attention because nothing's going to be done. So why right. should I worry about any of this or learn about any of this? Do you see the tides changing on this? I do as far as consequences.
3: Yeah. Let's start with something I just see personally to myself. When I wrote the original Hunter Biden stories in 2019, shortly after, you know, we really started to get traction on these stories, I was suddenly derided as a conspiracy theorist. I had a 30-year history of almost every major journalism orb you could think of. Certainly a lot of them worked for all the mainstream media, Washington Post, AP, had a sterling record. And suddenly I was a conspiracy theorist Uh, and nobody knew where I got my information from. The truth of the matter is the Justice Department knows where I got my information from because they have my notes now, and they learned that I got it from the FBI. They know that that now. I wish my profession would go look at that because they'd realize I was really solid back in 19. But now all those members of the media are coming to me. Mainstream news organizations day in and day out are coming to me and saying, hey, we didn't get this right. Can you help us get on the track? I think that's a good sign, and I've been willing to do that if I, I sense that they're honest in their pursuit. Uh, I worked with CBS News on the IRS whistleblower story. We've kind of broke that together. Uh, it was kind of a quiet partnership, but we're doing those sort of things. I think the fact that the mainstream media is starting to turn uh, treat this uh, uh, seriously is a good sign that maybe people in general realize there was something more serious here that we we got bamboozled into not believing, uh, the, the, the 51 intelligence analysts and others. So if people are willing to learn the facts, then they can make a more informed decision. Do I think we're gonna have a prosecution of Joe Biden? No, no one thinks that, right? But we went into 2020 thinking that all these things about, well, not we, but many people went into 2020 because Joe Biden told them, saying there's nothing here, there, this is a re- Republican conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And we now learned we were lied to. We, we can make a more informed decision for every American voter. The judge and jury for the accountability for Joe Biden, I think, will be the American people on how they vote in 2024.
1: Okay, so John, last question. What do you expect today from the testimony of, uh,
3: of Hunter Biden? And yeah, the he's got to answer. Were you the guy that signed this document? Were you the guy that came to the shop? (laughs) Did you drop off the laptop? Why were you lying about it if that's the case? Uh, Why did you bring the laptop in? Uh, Is there anything on the laptop that's not true? Hunter Biden has danced on this issue and gotten away from the media today. He'll be under oath. He won't be able to do that with this deposition. We'll find out how much he knew uh, uh, that uh, it was true that his father, his father's campaign and all of their accolades in the media and the Democratic establishment were lies when they told us. We now know that they knew the, 50, the, the, the letter by the 51 intelligence analyst was just a lie. It was a political ploy. They knew they had no evidence. We now know from the reporting I did, the FBI authenticated that laptop in 2019. They knew it was Hunter Biden's. How many other lies did the Biden machinery impose on the American people just to win the presidency? We may get some insight from that, from Hunter Biden's uh, deposition today.
1: John Solomon, thank you very much. I appreciate all the work you do. Justthenews.com is worth stopping every day and uh, following to get the uh, straight news from John Solomon and his team. It is an excellent, excellent source for news. Justthenews.com. Back in just a minute.
0: You're listening to the best of the Glen Beck program.
1: Something amazing is happening here in St. George at our museum. Um... I'm going to bring in a friend of mine who honestly is a guy I want to be more like when I grow up. Mm. Uh, his name is Jaco Uh He is uh, head of Yako Burns Ministry. He has an amazing life. Uh, started out in South Africa. His uh, sister was kidnapped. He left school to go and find his sister. It took him two years, I
4: think. She was missing for six.
1: Six years. He finally found her. Um, and, uh, so he works okay. now to, um, free slaves, um, people who have been kidnapped, taken, or have fallen into some sort of a sex slavery. And we asked him to come in. He's one of the people that are, um, you will find if you go through our museum at, uh, the, uh, slavery section, yeah. we concentrate not only on the past, but on what's happening right now. You brought a document with you that you have been uh, showing. Explain what it is.
4: Glenn, first, thank you for doing this, for educating America on our real history and for including modern history Mm -hmm. because slavery is alive and well, unfortunately. In that display, you show that 366,000 African slaves made it to North America. The lie is that they all came here. Most went to Brazil. We have half a million women and children in America today in sexual slavery. So we're doing, in each year, the amount of slavery that was accumulated over a 300-year period. This document is a slave trade document, very much like you would find on the ships when they brought the slaves Mm -hmm. over. The only difference is this document was confiscated February 2023. This is a modern-day slave trade document where, and it's ironic, the boldness, this is Coyote Yadina, and he even recognizes himself as Coyote Yadina, keeps record of... Niñas, niños, children, boys and girls, that he's bringing across the border, and how much they owe him $2,500 per kid. The kid owes this debt. The only way the child is going to pay the debt is by selling their body. And he goes through this document over and over, Glenn, and they've got quite the accounting system. They, I argue, the cartel, this is trafficker Ariel, this is his numbers. This child could only pay $55 of the $2,500 $2,500 $2, debt. Oh. Right? We then learn later that the cartel adds an interest on the debt, 30% per month. So if they oh my gosh. owe $2,500 and they can't pay it back, they sell their body for 50 bucks at a time, they'll never be out of debt. And unfortunately, we have a government that's lying to the American people. Your previous segment was incredible. Uh, we've got to hold them accountable because... They say they've lost eighty-five thousand children. We argue they've lost a quarter million children. Oh my gosh! We we argue that they underreport by seventy percent the numbers that are coming across the border, by seventy percent. This is word on the ground with border law enforcement. They see this, so it's in handwriting, and they go through that document child by child, so name evil. name by name, and this is twenty twenty three. So the slavery we thought we abolished has taken a new form and it's rearing a new head and unfortunately is aided and abetted by the president of the United States by rendering our border open.
1: Just as one page, they've taken 5,382. Um, but that's all with, pay. how much is it to cross for a child? 2,500?
4: 2,500 on the child, 8,500 on the adult And the child needs to pay the debt, and I ask the children when the debt, when they're supposed to start paying, and they say day one. Oh my gosh. Here's
1: more, $46,000. They're making millions and millions and millions of dollars.
4: A day, yeah. That is terrible. It is a cartel network that's very sophisticated, Glenn. I don't know if people know this, and this is radical, but I know you chase truth. I want to show you evidence, and Border Patrol will tell you. We had a decapitation in Texas four weeks ago on the border. Cartel- I believe that. Decapitating a U.S. citizen in the United States. They're driving on the southern border with 50 caliber machine guns mm-hmm. inside the United States. The cartel network is very sophisticated. Um, and unfortunately, you quote Genesis, Genesis tells us there will be enmity war between Satan and in the Seed of Eve. Mm-hmm. And I believe, people ask me, why children? Why drag shows for kids? Why the kids? Seed of Eve. The Seed of Eve. If You wanna break America, you're not gonna break us you know, with anything other than our future. You break the youth. And we have a class, you know, the 15 year old today, in three years is a voter. But Gen Z, Glenn, 12 through 25, is the largest section of society on planet Earth, American Gen Z, that watches porn and produces porn on themselves. The average age of porn entry in America is boys age 8. We're not talking about Pamela Anderson on a Harley Davidson. We're talking about their, first, hardcore their first introduction to intimacy, the purpose of a woman, is gang rape. Now, couple that with 12 states lowering the age of consent to 14. 14 states next year is going to try and lower it to 14. Ten states now getting rid of the sex offender registries, California leading the charge. Comprehensive sex in the classroom. District attorneys not prosecuting child sex crimes. They're pleading it down to minor cases, not making it into court. 144 sex crimes against the Biden family alone in the Marco Polo report. Then you add an open border and you're telling the cartel, sure, bring children, bring fentanyl in the kids' backpacks. There's no health and human services on the border. Biden just canceled the DNA swap program. Now we can't even track a kid. If we rescue her in Maine, we can triangulate. Yes, yeah, she came through Eagle Pass. Who did she come with? The guy that said he was her father. We have DNA. We can build a case. Can't build a case. They're ghost children. Now we have a thing called recycled children that the cartel is doing. You have more military age men, 20 to 35 year old men that's coming across the border than children are available. Because when you cross with a child in arms, you get favorable treatment. So Here's what they're doing, Glenn. A guy crosses with a child, not his child. That child is abused. The cartel takes the child in the U.S., moves the child back into Mexico, recycles that child to put the child in the hands of another illegal, illegal migrant to come in because they get favorable treatment by the NGOs if they have a child in arms. If They don't have a child, they're just released into America. With a child, they get a meal, they get a bus ticket. That's that's not what our founding fathers fought for, Glenn. I'm an immigrant, I bleed red, white, and blue. I had to swear an allegiance. I, I can be drafted into the US military tomorrow and I will go. That's not what I immigrated for. The nuclear family, and then you add on that, Glenn, we're the nation that, that asks, what is a woman? Mm. We're the nation that says, well, how many genders are there? We're the nation that's telling children they can be furries and drink out of bowls in a classroom like dogs. This is an anti-God movement because God is the glue to our nation. It's always been the glue. And when you abandon God, we are becoming a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. How many days
1: are you here? Is today your last day?
4: Unfortunately, yeah,
1: unfortunately, um, what did you see yesterday when people were coming through? Does I, he is in the slavery section and yeah. be there today and showing you some of the things they picked up like this document from the border?
4: Before I arrived, my team's been here since Monday, and they called me crying, said, Yuck, it's unbelievable. What Glenn's doing here is unbelievable, and it is unbelievable, Glenn. I said, can this be permanent? Mm. Can we do this permanent in Dallas? It's unbelievable.
1: We're trying to put it on the road permanently. If not, it—
4: Glenn, every single American, every American, 100 years and down, has to walk through this. Americans don't know America. They don't know this country. And they, you can only defend what you love. Uh-huh. The reason Gen Z, the reason they set buildings on fire and it's so easy to co opt 22 year olds to put a, a mask on, they don't know the America you and I fight for. Uh-huh. They've never seen it. Half of them weren't even alive for 9 11. Right. And they're not being taught by their parents or in the classroom. No offense to the parents, but the parents don't know. The common literacy level on who America is, the identity of America. And the Bible tells us a Christ identity is your security. If you don't know your identity, George Soros will help you. The Rockefellers will help you. The World Economic Forum will help you. They'll give you one. BlackRock will help you. They'll, 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 they'll say, we'll give you safety. Just give us your freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? So what we saw yesterday riveting we're standing at a table and i'm talking about human trafficking sexual slavery of children in america and we had 10 children in a two-day period come to the table i'm talking about under 15 that said can you help me i'm addicted to pornography i didn't know pornography feeds human trafficking we had a girl bring her dad and said can you help my dad and the father goes, hey, listen, my wife doesn't know, but I do struggle with pornography. The daughter found out and she said, dad, you can't be a reason why children are being trafficked.
1: You can't leave here. You can't, we have five more days, you can't go home. This is this is so important. What you're doing is
4: just it, remarkable, it's, Jaco. With Glenn, you set the table, you pulled me to your office, and I'm so humbled. I am, brother, I love you, I mean it. It's unconditional, the work you do, including us in this is a gift from god because for me the master i serve which is jesus tells me you'll leave 99 for one so for one child saying can you help me get out of pornography this was all worth it yeah and it's not just one and 14 yesterday it's thousands i know that have come through here whose lives are changed because they finally understand what the founding fathers meant they finally learned okay we're, we were actually the first nation to abolish slavery Oh, all 10 million slaves did not come to America? Oh, how is it that that you know separation of church and state is actually a whole farce? And just go on and on and on about the truths that you display here. I am thankful and proud that Glenn Beck is an American.
1: Yeah. I am proud, and I mean it. I want to be more like you when I grow no. up. You're thank a you, great man. God bless you. Yako. Um, thank you so much. What's the name of your organization?
4: Yako Ministries? Yaku Boyens Ministries, or just easy, org. And every dollar goes to save a child, but it's more about the dollar. It's the fathers getting back into the home and reestablishing that nuclear family and their Christ identity.
1: And you will see uh, his work in some of these documents when you come through. Um if you have an opportunity to see this amazing uh, site here as we approach Independence Day.